Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Hey there, cutie pants. <laughs> Am I as studly as the statue of David or what? RadioWhat.com. Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you can have me. Yes, me. I'd be honored to entertain for you. Speaking of entertainers, today on the program, Abby K of Abby K Music. Oh, I found her on the internets. I think it was uh, uh, Twitter at first, and I started listening to her music. Man, the girl's got a voice. I need to know more about Abby K. So you have that to look forward to in your ears in the next few minutes. This week's shows for me, uh, the only public show I have this week is at the Rab on Friday night. That's my usual Friday night gig. It's the video dance party, karaoke jam. They got the full bar, the kitchen, the pool tables. Yes, there's a pool tournament Friday nights at the Rab out, out on the party patio. They have shuffleboard, foosball. You playing the foosball, Bobby Boucher? Yes, you are. And they got, uh, oh, the giant Jenga game, the giant checkers game. You know, there's always something to do while you're waiting to sing on the stage with little old me or next to little old me. I I won't subject you to having to hear me sing. I mean, unless you want to do a duet. Yes, I cannot say no when someone wants to do a duet. As long as I know the song somewhat. But you know, I don't sing that often because it's all about you. Yes, you. You're the stars of the show at the Rab Friday night. That starts at 8 p.m. and goes until 2 in the am. Conway, Arkansas, baby. All right. I get to talk to Abby K of Abby K Music. Yeah, let's do that. Calling Abby K now. Hello. Hi, Abby Kay, please. This is she. This is Keys Dan, the What Makes You Famous podcast. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> okay, maybe I come on a little bit strong. Abby Kay, <laughs> so excited to be speaking to you. Give the people... Well, I'm ex- Yes, yes. Uh, say it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk. Hooray. Share. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So uh, take take me through how your day was today. Just a typical Abby K day. And is today an, a typical Abby K day? It is, indeed. So what did you do typical- today? So, so I typically um, 
start my day um, getting my children out the door. I, I have kids and uh, get them off to school. And um, after that, I try to do something valuable for my mind, body, or soul. And today I decided to exercise. And then I come home and I typically spend the morning actually on music. So the first half of the day is either writing, practicing, um, outreach, marketing, uh, booking, you name it. It's, it's dedicated to music. And then the second half of the day, I, uh, I actually, I, I do teach and I also, uh, I also sell, I, I'm in sales. So I have a, another job. And I typically dedicate the second half to that. Well, very good, Abby Kay. We got a little idea uh, of what you did today. But give the people a bio of who Abby Kay is. Where I mean, you, you've given me a little bit to unpack there. You're a teacher. I want to explore that. You got kids, little kids that are in school. Want to explore that. And then you have a, a sales job. Want to explore that? Pins, 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 all in the Abby K. These are all little avenues of you. But give the people a little mm-hmm. bio of who Abby K is. Sure. Um, I was born. I well, I was raised in uh, in Louisville, Kentucky. So I'm from the Midwest. I have lived there uh, for most of my life. And seven years ago, I moved out to the. Pacific Northwest, and I reside in Seattle, and uh, came out here for work and a change of pace. And um, so, but I grew up in Louisville. I I think most of my musical influences come from from my childhood, um, specifically uh, old country greats such as Loretta Lynn and. Dolly Parton and Johnny Cash. I mean, you name them. Um, so those are probably where my musical largest influences, as I said, came from. And Abby Kay decided to not really pursue music in the way I pursue it today. Um, kind of focused on other avenues in corporate America. And then... Um, with that, I, uh, did that for a long time and then, um, decided to have children and got myself into my other job, which I said was sales. And I, uh, specialize in, um, residential real estate and been doing that for quite a while. And then I moved right before I moved to, um, Seattle. I did that for about 20 years, 15 years. And then I, Right before I moved out to Seattle, I started recording my first record. Um, I'm a I'm a late late bloomer in songwriting, um, and what I mean by that is I didn't start writing songs when I was, you know, two, like <laughs> so many so many kids do today, um, and they're you know famous by sixteen. Um, so I would, I really died. I really, I played the guitar for quite a while and I really dove in to songwriting about, uh, 10, you know, 12 years ago. And, 
Um, I was always a singer. I studied performing arts, so I loved I loved being a part of the theater. Um, it just I didn't know what my real calling was until a little later and finding myself. And I found myself loving the guitar and loving to sing. And that led me to, you know, the craft of songwriting. And that's when it began. So I started my first record. And then when I moved out here, I finished it. And I have since other uh, you know you're you're telling me that that you've been been influenced by the greats and i can tell i can tell i listen to your music uh, i'm hearing the loretta lynn the the uh the, the country feel in there but you know what really struck me i I'm, I'm listening to some of it and i i hear i hear a little rachel sweet in there as well i don't i don't know if you're familiar with who that is I, I, I'm not. Okay, she's got a higher, the higher, I, the higher range, the higher pitch, and, and your voice just really—it remind me of that. Not exactly huh. because you do have a a, a a a voice all your own, and and I encourage uh, you, the happy listeners, to check out her on her on her Spotify and you know go to her YouTube and give her a, a little subscribe on that one for sure. Abby K. Now you tell me that the influencer is from louisville kentucky and you did help me to pronounce that properly because i did have a a louisville slugger when i was a kid and and that was my my favorite bat that i had forever you know uh, you know growing up for sure and i was i was corrected many times louisville not louisville louisville Louisville. (laughs) and 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 you gotta even no you're correcting me even more it's not even louisville it's louisville Am I pronouncing it even remotely correct? Okay. Hello? Yeah, now I hear you. Okay, good. So what does an Abby K growing up in Kentucky, you say you were influenced uh, from an early age by the, the country legends, the, the greats. Uh, who got you into that, mom or dad or, or any other family members? Who? How did you get your start in that type of music listening? Probably my parents, um, you know, I, I, my earliest, one of my earliest memories is, is singing in the living room, you know, with a, who knows what I used as a microphone and pretending, you know, five years old singing, uh, Linda Ronstadt and, uh, and Crystal Gale. Those were two of my favorites as child, as a child, you know. I guess lip syncing and not really lip syncing, um, karaoke, except it, except it didn't exist back then. Right. I just, well, what, what years was this, probably, was this growing up in Louisville? What, what year did you graduate high school? Uh, 1991. 91. So you're a whippersnapper. Yeah. Youngin <laughs> uh, class of 86 rules. No, I, <laughs> I I could tell that that you've had the, the very. If your parents were about the same age as mine, uh, they they've they're giving you this this foundation in music and Crystal Gale for sure, uh, Linda Ronstadt for sure. Uh, were you able to to see them visually, like on the television, or was this all yes, primarily I, listening I know to records? That they were definitely records, and really probably. Well, in that, in those days, it was um, if you can believe it. It's uh, they were eight tracks. 
Yes, kids. Uh, for those that you don't that don't know, an eight track <laughs> is a a type of of tape that, with music on it that you had to listen to the whole album, unless you had a real fancy eight track player that had fast forward on it, which I did. And yes, I'm bragging. So <laughs> yeah, I remember my my first three eight tracks were um, that the Eagles' greatest hits, uh, Stevie Wonder's Ooh. Superstition. And uh, nice. Steve Martin's Wild and Crazy Guy. Yes. Oh, that's those, fun. Those were my Great. early influences. So you had eight tracks. Uh, okay, uh, give me the collection. Mo- uh, was it Mom's collection or Dad's collection? Uh, I, I mean, my, both of my parents love music. I want to I wanna say it's probably more my dad because he one that always told me I should go be a country in Nashville, so um, maybe it was him, but yeah, they, I, they had photos. You know, the album covers were on those those either records or the A tracks, and um, I also listened to a lot of. Uh, they, they had uh, oh, what's his name? Um, he passed away in an airplane. Um, uh, Jim Croce. Oh my! Uh, that was a big. Uh, a big album of theirs and just that whole scene that that whole time period of of music um and i just remember playing them um you know even down to the uh the movie hermit the frog um the rainbow connection oh my you know, goodness all those, yes <laughs> all those all those like, prior to me being 10 um, and then singer Neil Diamond um, were had a really good collection uh, back in the. Okay, so I heard you talk about the Rainbow Connection, Kermit the Frog. Uh, one of my first albums was Sesame Street Fever. Dig it, and uh, I Dig. remember, yeah, Rubber Ducky was on there. And so- free to be in in. You and me. Did you have that one? Free to be you and me. No, I did not. But tell tell me about. Okay, so this is you growing up. Who? Where was the eight track player? And Uh-oh. did they have one in the car? Was this in the living room? Where were you listening to this that, music? My mostly my living room. So you had an eight track player in the house, a, a hi fi stereo with quadraphonic yes. sound. Yeah. <laughs> and this and is, then we moved. Yes. And then we moved into uh, just the typical t- uh, tapes. You know, mostly tapes were pretty big in my childhood as well. Right. So recording stuff off the radio primarily or, you know. Oh, absolutely. And, or or I had, um, we, had, we had tapes too. We, we would buy tapes and I would rewind them and play them and rewind them and play them, request them on the radio get the get my voice on the radio and then hear the song um <laughs> wasn't that a hoot abby k when you called the radio station and they actually put you on the air and then you yes. you requested that song and while you're requesting yes. the song the dj you could tell he's rummaging through yes. whatever re- uh, recorded devices he's got to get that song on on the air right away for you he's uh, abby k uh you're on the air at uh, w h y i uh give me the give me the song you want to hear yeah that was a that was always a really exciting moment 
and doesn't exist today. I haven't thought about that in a long time. So what song had you, what would you request? Do you remember requesting any specific song? Oh, probably, you know, I think the, the years that I requested the most were my, my early teens. So probably songs like Take On Me from AHA. One of the greatest AHA, videos of all time. Of all time, yeah. and songs for that matter. Well, no, I play that. Um, vi- I play a lot of music videos uh, when I do the the DJ thing. So, yes, that video will be played if you don't request anything else. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I remember, you know, the eighties, uh, mid eighties, early eighties. Madonna, I'd rec- I'd request a lot. Um, let's see who else I requested trying to think of my 80s influences um i i would say my most of the influences from the 80s honestly was fashion okay <laughs> i get it to, i get it as opposed so- to the the, the 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 music um and i not a not a diss to the 80s at all um probably just is not the genre you know the time period of music that I was I was moved um, by 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 the songs that I heard most mostly on the radio. Oh, I get it, Abby Kay. Uh, you you mentioned yeah. Jim Croce, and I I can hear the folk singer type of music that is also influenced in your in your sound as well. I mean, who who do you think influenced you the the most? Give me the top five that top five. yeah top five mu- musicians that. Wow, these people really I I, I appreciate them. I kind of mm-hmm. idolize them a little bit. I had all of their records sure. or a lot of them. Top five. Top five in no particular order. No. Um I'll start with Crystal Gale mm. because she's my earliest that I that I really uh, I will move into a more recent I mean, 20 years ago, recent. Um, I don't know if you know Brandy Carlisle. Come on, kid. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> and what I love about Brandy is that I saw Brandy 20 years ago when she was opening for the Indigo Girls. Yep. Um, and I'll I'll never forget sitting in Chicago at the outdoor musical music park, and I just remember saying to myself, I think it was the story she was singing and she wasn't big. I mean, she was big, but she wasn't, she wasn't Brandy yet. I mean, she just hadn't gotten to that stage and it just, it was mesmerizing. And, uh, I love it because she, she lives in Seattle or she lives close by. So, Uh um, I love that I moved to her, to, to the place that, kind of made you know her who she is and um i really she's a huge influence of mine um so brandy carlisle i just said um okay here's one um it might seem unusual but um wilco uh jeff tweedy um i don't know if you know i I hate to say that i'm sure sure you know who wilco is 
Maybe I, not. No, of course. <laughs> you know, I'm not familiar with, uh, I couldn't name a tune, uh, but I know that they're, okay. uh, you know, they, they were, huh. no, go ahead. Get, school me on Wilco. Tell me oh, about Wilco. Wilco, Wilco is, uh, you know, just all I can say about Wilco and Jeff Tweedy is that prepare yourself to, to dive deep <laughs> and, and, uh, and, um, be blown away there. Jeff Tweedy is, um, a legend in his own right. He's from Chicago or actually he's from St. Somewhere in St. Louis. Well, it says Chicago, but, um, Illinois, somewhere in there. I- I'm looking yeah, him up right so, now. No, yeah, he's, he's tremendous. Um, he's basically one of those guys that just can't, can't write a bad song if he even tried. Okay. And <laughs> so um, he's more of a, you know, kind of in the same time uh, frame as Brandy, a big influence, uh, especially when I lived uh, in Chicago. Um, okay. So, um, and you'll enjoy that. So hopefully I'll give you a, another ear, a new earworm to enjoy. Oh, you, um, you may have cho- uh, chosen my Friday night theme. Uh, for oh, for the good. show that I do every Friday night, I'm always looking for something special, and and usually the crowd is kind of they're you know my our age my age are uh, you know uh, uh, I know like mm-hmm. you said like I said you're you're young and you're quite quite a couple of years younger than me, but uh, I always try to give them something, and and yeah, Wilco might be in there, and, and a little Brandy Carlisle, oh, yeah. and 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 yeah, then. They'll- and then I always throw in a little Abby K, you know, whoever I yeah. was talking to this week, I, I throw a little bit in there and people go, who is that? Well, I'll let them know it's Abby K. That's who I'm talking to. <laughs> That's who you're listening to right now. Happy listener. Well, thank you. Oh. That's so nice. <laughs> so nice of you. Um, I'll give you one more because I don't know who, I don't know if I can give you five at the top of my head without thinking about it's such a hard decision (laughs) i would say i would i would say um i'd say another really big influence of mine musically and it's it it doesn't it's not going to make a lot of sense um it's a it's a scottish band um and they're called travis and they've been around for a very long time um however i just you know, when I think of like when someone asks me, "Who are your top favorite bands?" Travis is on the list, uh, and especially, especially at the beginning, I was I was just incredibly um, into them as I as I began my my kind of songwriting, you know, journey. So um, I don't know if I sound like them. I don't at all, but um, they're a great band. So. Oh, I'm looking four. them up. They're from Glasgow, and uh, they were formed in in 1990. So that's that's very telling. Is all through uh, most of the the music that that you're influenced by was either the, the late 90s, but that one's you know formed in 90. I'm guessing that they had some hits in, in the 90s. So mm-hmm. you're growing up in in Kentucky. How was your school life? Did you did you study? Did you do any music in school? Or you said you did some theater in, in school in yes, Kentucky. I- I studied theater, um, out, and it was mostly outside of school, you know, community theater and whatnot. Um, I, I was not an instrument player. I 
didn't pick up the guitar really until my 20s, and then I put it down until my 30s. Um, I was... Well, who talked you into picking up the guitar in the first place, in your 20s? Um, yeah, I'd say it was my husband. Okay, I so you got he, married very I early then. I got married, well, you know, almost 30, not too young, um, late 20s, and I think it I think one day he gave me, um, I don't remember what it was for, but it was a gift, and it was a guitar, and some lessons at this beautiful school, a, a really special school in Chicago called the Old Town School, and I was a participant of the Old Town School for over a decade, and I never left once I started, and that's really where I learned to play the guitar and started to songwrite. Well, that sounds like a very thoughtful husband. Uh, what made him <laughs> think to give you a guitar? Had you showed any interest at all in this, Abby Kay? Mm, I don't think so. I think he had been taking lessons there and said, you have, you know, he, he loved my voice, but I, I was not a singer and I performed and I wasn't doing theater. And he must have just said, you might like this. And, uh, <laughs> I, I really did. And you did. Man, the guy has, he, he had a vision for you. And you do have yes, a very yes. nice voice. And I, like I said, I encourage all the happy listeners to go chase Abby K down on every social media uh, platform that they could find and, and buy every record that's available <laughs> for sure. Now, okay, so backing up, when was the first time that okay besides singing in your living room and, and making your family very happy uh any brothers and sisters um uh yes i have one brother one brother okay and older or younger older and what did he end up doing um uh just a pretty i think you know pretty normal pretty normal job um was a very talented musician himself, but didn't really do anything with it. Oh, how sad. Okay. <laughs> All right. But you have a good relationship with your brother? We have a, a, a fine relationship. Good. Good. And, and the parents still around? Yes. Mom and dad are alive and well and uh, very close to my parents. Yeah. Still, even though they're still in Kentucky. In Kentucky. All right. Well, excellent. It's good that you have those Kentucky roots, you know, and I, I, I think Kentucky's prom it's got its own musical flavor, its own musical feel. What was the, the, the music scene like in Kentucky? You, you didn't leave until later, right? Till you were an adult really, uh, to go to Seattle. What, what was it growing up in, in yeah. Kentucky, uh, and were you singing at all? Were you doing any extracurriculars? What, what, is, what is the foundation of an Abby K musician, artist, and more? Well, I would definitely say that there was, you know, I, I was, I, I did theater. Like every opportunity I could, I was in a play. I, I was probably in two dozen plays in my, in my childhood. Um, I danced. I was a big dancer as well. And um, the, the music scene in Louisville, I, it's not that Louisville wasn't, 
you know, didn't have culture because we did. We'd go see at some plays. They had a nice, um, they had a nice uh, theater, um, you know, where like the orchestras played, like a hall. Um, it was called the Kentucky Center for the Arts. So they they did bring in culture. Um, I just don't remember. I don't. My parents loved music, so they would occasionally take us to these bluegrass festivals. You know, there was a lot of bluegrass, obviously, in okay. uh, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, that's um, what I've heard. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I recall going to, you know, outdoor festivals in the summertime. Um, I I don't think they took me to see Crosby, Steals, and Nash, but I know some parent. I tagged along with some friend whose parents did. Um, so it was, it was definitely in the mix. I don't, I don't know Louisville in the, in the band scene, the way I know it as an adult, cause I wasn't going out, um, into the bars. I don't know if I really lived there when I was even legal, not that you needed to be, but still. So what was the earliest <laughs> play the- that you got into Abby Kay? It was Peter Pan, and I was Tinkerbell. What? You got a pretty <laughs> a pretty big role in your first play? How old were you then? Yeah, I, was, I think I was six. And who six who seven. talked you into getting into this play? Or what what presented itself to – what opportunity presented itself that allowed you to be in a play? Abby singing Crystal Gale and Kermit the Frog – 24-7 in the living room. <laughs> and then mom and dad said, no, I can't handle this. Uh, we need to get you out and have somebody else to uh, listen to this. Yes. I think performing was in my, you know, I think I think I was, I was in some way I, I liked to be, a, a di- you know, in the spotlight, which is funny because I'm, I can't say other than when I sing. And I, I get up with my guitar. Um, I don't really love the spotlight anymore. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, I, I understand it completely. I, Here I am on a microphone talking to you on the phone. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm alone in the studio, <laughs> but I'm, yep. I'm talking to you, and I'm able to have a conversation with you, Abby Kay. But for the most part, yeah, unless I'm performing, uh, I'm a little more introverted that people might suspect and and i could see that a a lot of artists are like that where they do want to have a a little bit of a private life they don't want to be you know well i i noticed that there's a lot that that have their pictures taken all the time and i i don't know if i could live in a uh in a lifestyle like that where people just want to keep taking your picture and won't leave you alone You, you you want to have the ability to create but still keep your anonymity is that where you're at? Yes, very much so. I'm pretty private, um, you know, as as a lot of artists are. Um, it's just important. It's important that I I channel my, you know, when you're balancing many different things in your life. If I if I didn't have other priorities, I'd have less things to need to channel. But it is it is. It is work to, you know, keep them separate, but blend them in a way that's productive to your life and those that are in your life. 
No, you, you, you're out on stage, you give it your all, you, you're in front of however many people entertaining them, making them feel good. But once you get home, you kind of want to be in the bubble. Maybe I'm just projecting, but is that the case? Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I want to be present. I think present is a really important part of, um, of life is being present where you're at when you're there. So, you know, like, like, a you know, your kid comes home from school and my kids are a little older. Um, there's, but they're still in, still in school. And, um, but when they come home, you know, it's really important that if I'm home, if I'm, you know, there, that I'm there. Cause sometimes that's really the only 15 minutes that they're there and ready and want to share. And you would think that they'll share later if you're all sitting down for dinner, maybe. But most of the times I find that's not the case. <laughs> so be, being present at, a, at the moment that you are in is, I try to do, whether it's writing, whether it's, you know, that's kind of like what I was saying earlier, how I break my day up, you know, mm-hmm. this these few hours are for music. And these few hours are for this. It's just the way, the way I have learned to balance the many hats that I, that I wear. Not everybody does wear many, many hats, you know? Um, some, some people can handle it. Some people can't, some people can do it. And, you know, they have a very different process than, than that. But I, I do find it, I do find it to be, you know, I tell myself a lot to be present and, where am I at this moment, and where should you be? Absolutely, Miss Abby Kay, and <laughs> and I I can understand that completely. It, it, you know, sometimes depending on how the ages of the children, and I'm a father myself. I have two girls, so depending on their right. ages, they may you may have to wait for them to come to you. Uh, my my 14 year old mm-hmm. sometimes I have to wait, you know, until she wants mm-hmm. a hug. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes I'll walk by her and she doesn't want to be. She wants to be left alone and, you know, some, you know, but then, you know, you know, I, I do have an older daughter. She's in her twenties. And I know that, that once they get a certain age, they love you unconditionally. You know, they, they go away during their teens and then they come right back for the most part. Oh, I've, it's so nice to hear, <laughs> you know, people, people, people have told me that, but. I'm I'm still in the teens and uh it can be can be challenging. <laughs> okay, that's a good word. Challenging. Yes, indeed. <laughs> you have boys or girls? I have two boys. Two boys. Okay. See, I've I've never had that experience. I do have some some nephews and I've never had the experience of having boys and uh, but I I do know that that girls are are a challenge in themselves, at least for a father, but I I suppose it could be the same for a mother it's raising same. the two boys, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. in, in that respect. Because, you know, fathers have a la- relationship with their boys and, and with their girls, for that matter. But how, how's your relationship? Well, it seems so far, I mean, th- that you've already said that when they come home from school, you just you want to be with them. You know, you want to, to know about them, know about their day. But your your relationship, yeah. for the most part, is, is good with them. Is that your, what you're projecting? Yes. Oh, absolutely. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't say, it doesn't go to say that there's not a lot of work 
you know, involved <laughs> in, in it being that way. But um, as we said, it has its challenges. But um, yes, <laughs> they are two, you know, the two dearest things in my life. And uh, they're both very musical and they're better than I am. Oh, my. <laughs> You've passed on yeah. the gene. Okay, and I, and I know the gene has been in your family. You said your brother was a musician of some kind. Uh, what, my, how, mom, uh, my mom is, too. Yeah. And your mom, too. Well, how far did they yeah. go with their music? The the living room. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it takes a little bit of courage to, to get out into the world and, and say, hey, look, I created this thing. Would you like to hear it? Bam, you know, yes. and then yes. you, you, you're ready for the criticism and then you shy away. Oh, oh no, don't tell me it's bad. Please, please <laughs> tell me it's good. <laughs> Love the you know, thing. I, I, yeah. And, you know, I tell people um, if they ever ask, you know, how long have you been doing? How long have you been writing uh, your, your own music? And, you know, in, in the scheme of it, I really have not been writing a significantly long time, but you know what? I don't think I could have, I don't think in my young Abby Kay days, I don't know if I could have handled it. I really don't. I don't know if I could have handled the criticism or the, the likes and the not likes. And, um, I think it would have been really, I, I was probably too sensitive. I just, I don't know if my skin was thick enough and, not that it's so thick now, but it's certainly at a place where I can accept my music and my voice and whatever. It's not for everybody. So I don't know if I, you know, 20, 30 years ago, if I would have been able to, even if I had wanted. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Once you get to a certain age, I like before I turned 50, I was very conscious of, or, or, or very uh, prideful of my age. Oh, I don't want to let people know my age. But then when I turned 50, I'm, hmm. I'm 50. <laughs> I screamed it from the rooftops. I can kick, yeah. I can stretch and kick. I'm 50. So, yes, I, I've, I've be proud. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, as we get older, we figure out that all that stuff that, that we were worried about as a young person, we don't have to really worry about that. It was really nothing. Life goes on. No right. matter what right. life throws at you, you can pretty much get through it. Just And especially if you have a family that's loving and, and, and you have a very uh, tight family, you know, you have your mom and dad and your brother and, and, and they're very helpful. And then you have your, your husband and, and the kids now. So, you know, it sounds like you have a good team that's supporting you in any endeavor that you go through. So, all right, you're, you're, you were Tinkerbell in your first play, and that's so cute. Peter Pan, every instance, every animation, or every time there's a Peter Pan story to be told, I want to be there because I love that story, mm-hmm. you know, for yeah. sure. And, yeah. and that's something from an early age that, that came to you. So how often after that, did plays present themselves, Abby Kay? Uh, was it two, three times a year? You know, you said you've done many, but how yeah, often was probably that? About, yeah, it, I mean, every every season when there, you know, there was a, certainly a fall one. There was certainly a, a, a spring one. Um, summers, I would go places to, to study theater. Um, yeah, pr- that's, you know, I thought I was going to go to New York. 
Well, this was all outside of school? This wasn't with the the school that you had in Louisville? Yeah, some some of the schools, um, as I got older, um, they were at the school plays. But there was never, there was always, there was always an, ex, an extracurricular theater as well. I, you know, I don't know if I was ever doubling up, but I definitely was involved with theater, you know, outside of school as well. Well, all right, mom and dad, encouraging it, encouraging your creative nature. They that's, did. That's great. They did. I am. I'm very, I'm very lucky that I, I, that they wanted to, you know, encourage it and not stifle uh, any any creative sides because, um, you know, it's an easy thing to do or want to do as a parent. So, <laughs> did you ever get to play but, with your brother at all in, in any of these plays? No, he was not uh, into theater. Oh, okay, all. all right. Well, how did yeah. the kids treat you in school being a theater geek? Yeah, I was a geek. But in th- <laughs> you know, a theater geek. That's a different kind of a geek. That's a that's a special yeah, kind of geek. I, I mean, people were um you know, I I I was, you know, my I don't look back at my my childhood and say, "Oh my god, it was just miserable." But <laughs> um <laughs> I I was really, you know, when I turned when I graduated from high school, I was very ready to fly you know and spread my wings outside of outside of kentucky um okay because yeah well, i could see that it was uh <laughs> yeah that, you know you most know. kids most kids do want to spread their wings and i encourage anyone you know spend your whole 20s uh flying and and falling down if you need to you're still you still have your wolverine powers you you'll bounce back you're, you're made of rubber you know that way by the time you're 30 you're ready to settle down you've sowed all your oats and what have you and that's i mean i've, I've said that so many times in this <laughs> podcast i think people are going to get a uh tired of me saying it but i'm going to tell you no, you know, spend your true. 20s having know, fun i don't know if people can you know when they're there they they always understand and see that you know um so i I agree, you know, try as many different things and opportunities and places to travel as you can. Um, before so after, you, after high school, Abby Kay, what did you do? After high school, what did I do? Oh, I went to college. I, I studied in the, uh, e- on the East Coast or closer to the East Coast. I moved to D.C. And, uh, yeah, studied, that's right on the um, East Coast. <laughs> yes. Um, I studied um, public communications and theater, actually. And how did that go? That was great. I loved it. I did. I enjoyed college. Um, Although I didn't love D.C. once (laughs) I got out of college. Okay. Once I got out. What is is it you didn't like about D.C.? Politics. Oh, well, I guess everyone is involved (laughs) in that in one way or another. Uh, no matter yeah. who you meet, every everywhere you turn, you're going to find somebody who's involved in politics of some kind or another. Yeah, correct. And it was just not my cup of tea. Um, <laughs> you know, not that I'm not interested in following as you know a person. I just didn't want to live, breathe, 
work, um, you know, everything was political, everything. <laughs> so, um, so you went as far away as you can from the nation's capital <laughs> without <laughs> without getting out of the lower 48. <laughs> Although first I went to Chicago for 20 years. Okay. What happened before, in Chicago? Yeah. How'd you get there? Oh, Chicago. I moved. I said, I don't like D.C. anymore, and I've always wanted to live in Chicago. Why? And so I just moved. Because I don't, I, I think the real reason is when I was little, I would watch the WGN, which is a Chicago the um, super television station. station. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. It's the first cable channel besides uh, <laughs> TBS in Atlanta. For some reason, those two channels were the, the biggest things yeah. in the country for a long yeah. time. I knew Chicago commercials. I knew carpet lingos. And I just. You know, I was very connected to Chicago. I loved the Cubs. There was just, I don't know, that's where, and it was closer to home. It was the Midwest. Um, so I i moved myself to Chicago. and All by yourself? All by myself. And that's where I, that's just kind of where my, I feel, you know, that's where life really started for me. Because I really kind of put down my, you know, myself and my roots and, um, I stuck around for a long time, and so Abby K gets multiple- off the gets off the bus in Chicago, Chi Town. What yeah. do you do? I mean, were, were you there for a job? Did, did did you have any plans when you got to Chicago besides living <laughs> think, in Chicago? Yeah, I think I I was looking for a job. I I did lots of things. Um, I I for you know. I, let me think how many years. <laughs> well, what was the first thing that you did in Chicago? Well, first job. I uh, I raised money for a nonprofit organization, and I did that for a couple of years, and then I actually went back to school. I forgot about that little piece. Then what? Um, what did you want to be when you grew up? The second time. Then I want exactly. It was not a songwriter yet. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I studied um, business communications, so um, kind of... Kind of uh, furthering your public relations type of thing? Yes, public relations and investor relations and kind of sitting in, you know, in a company at the table as a communications perspective. Um, So I did that. You know, I got out of school. And during school, that's actually when I met uh, my husband So I was, so I was kind of stuck in Chicago. Um, so I couldn't really move again. So what was Um, he doing at the time? Was he in school as well or was he in? No, no, he was, he had a job. He was working. uh, Yeah. He was already established and working and, you know, I couldn't be like, Hey, I'm moving to Boston. See ya. (laughs) So is he he from (laughs) Chicago then? He is. Yes. Oh, cool. All right. So that's why you moved to Chicago, to meet this guy. <laughs> Maybe. I think you're right. <laughs> well, good, good. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we stuck. I stuck around and uh, worked for a few years, and then I, I got into real estate. And, I've you know, real estate's been a constant, uh, one of my constants for 15 or so years. So. Fantastic. If you can do it yeah. and do it well. My goodness, you, you could do it from anywhere. 
You can pick up and and go anywhere and do it. And and you can. And and you're you're getting people houses. That has to feel so good, Abby K. It does. It does. Here I are the keys. People, yes, helping them. It's a big, you know, the biggest purchase most make in their lives. So it's a, it's a, it's. I love working actually with first time home buyers the best. They're they're the the most rewarding. So straight out of college, you you started doing that, or did you get into a corporate gig of some kind? Oh yeah, no, I did other things probably for you know five six years before I started real estate. And what got you into real estate then? Um, I think buying my first home. Oh, like, how fantastic! <laughs> <laughs> how inspirational like is that you bought your first home and you said hey you know what i could sell these things this is that was a good yeah. experience or or maybe you it thought maybe you can give a better experience no you know I, I i thought my i i do remember it was a very positive experience and i just i was in, so enthused and um i loved the process and it was it's kind of a neat you know it's a neat way to find something that you're passionate about is, you know, you don't realize it at the time, but when you're doing something, you're, you know, I was like, well, I like this a whole lot better than what I get up to do every day. So, uh, <laughs> I think I was going to go do it. So you, you bought your first place in Chicago proper or was it just outside or anything? Yeah, no, we, uh, we had bought, we bought a, um, our, a condo in the, in, it was in Chicago. It was in the north, the northern side of near Wrigley Field. Um, but that's where, that was my first home. Well, fantastic. Yep. And, and had yep. you, were you married already? Yes, I think we had gotten, yes, we were, we had recently been married. Yes. Oh, Mazel Tov. Excellent. Oh, thank you. <laughs> May the honeymoon never end. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Almost you were starting. So you, oh, how many? Uh, this year will be 20. Wow. That's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> the honeymoon has not ended. No, I, I <laughs> no, that's great. You, you went to Chicago. You, you, you went back to school a little bit. You found, uh, your niche in, in a little bit of corporate gig, but then you found this found real estate and you've been dabbling in that ever since. Yes. Super. All right. So yes. Chicago, yes. Uh, how, any, Chicago. Any, anything else happened in Chicago? Did you do any singing, any karaoke bars or anything? Yeah. That's where I, yeah. So that's the school, uh, the shot. Um, and when I say school, you know, it's a, it's a music school. So you just sign up for classes and, uh, but the school in Chicago was called the Old Town School of Folk, and it's it's just an incredible school. Um, and it's like from you know one to ninety nine is you'll see there, and they very unique way of teaching people how to play the guitar, and it's very folk oriented, and and you have jams and you sing together, um, and you make really good friends. And you, um, that's really, you know, where music really started for me and my personal music journey. Um, and this so is 20 years ago, 99. That was about, yeah, in 1999, that is roughly when I started picking up the guitar again. Excellent. And, uh, 
yeah, I never, I never, really never put it down. I had an an incredible um, guitar teacher who really could have made or <laughs> could could have either made or broken my my songwriting endeavors. You know, now, when you're yeah. When your husband first met you, had you, had you been playing the guitar or showing any interest in music no. at all? Yes, we're very yes. He is he is a killer uh, music connoisseur. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't play instruments per se. He plays a little guitar. No, but, I'm, um, I'm saying when he, he first met you, were you a musician of any kind at that point? No, I was not. And then what did he think when you said, well, "I'm going to start uh, playing this guitar here"? What did he think? <laughs> Well, remember, he gave it to me. Oh, that's so right. That's right. Yeah, oh, my so, goodness. So he, I, I got to be yeah. more present. Yes, he gave that's you that okay. guitar. No the, the, the very thoughtful gift that stuff. started your career back on track. Yes. Yeah, that's a really good song concept, by the way. Just in creating, giving me a new idea to, to contemplate. Well, good. Um, you can have it. That's beautiful. I want to hear that song coming soon from Abby Kay. Yes, your husband, your very thoughtful husband, gave you a guitar. Was it an acoustic guitar? Yes, absolutely. Uh, what kind of a guitar? Um, the first one I, I, I played was called an Ibanez. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking at an Esteban right here. Uh, my grandma oh, got nice. it for me. No, it's not nice. really. It's not really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those ones you catch on TV. But I do have an Ibanez yeah. electric guitar in a box right here in front oh, of me. nice. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, they're not the fanciest of guitars, but it was um, a solid guitar. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's not, I, you know, I played that guitar for a long time, but I quickly moved on. What was, the, it what was the first song you learned on it? The first song I learned on the guitar, it was probably uh, something simple like um, Wagon Wheel. You know that song? Yes. Yeah. Like so, Old Crow Medic Medicine Show, Wagon Wheel? Well, yeah. They, they re that, the song is really old. Um, yes. So now Darius Rucker, uh, Wagon Wheel. Yes. But it is a, many people. A, an old yeah. song. Old, old. It's an old folk song, which is probably why I learned it at um, Old Town, you know, in one of my classes. Very cool. But, so how long yeah. did you spend in that, in that music school, in the Old Town Music School in, in Chicago? How long was that? It was about, about 10, 15 years, uh, you know, from 99 until 20 or 12 years. Wow, that's the long lesson plan. <laughs> Yeah. So in all that I time, went, went, what did you pick up? I went all the way. I went all the way from guitar one. Yeah. Through for guitar forever, they called it, and then I moved into the private, um, you know, private lessons with uh, my teacher. That sounds like a fantastic got, school to make you want to be there for all these years. This is great. Oh yes, it's it's heaven, and and Seattle doesn't have anything like it at all i've always my dream is to to somehow bring that concept here but i don't know if that will ever happen oh you absolutely should well it shows a lot of discipline that you took the time and the effort to put it all into that because some of these kids will will learn three chords and say i'm going on stage now (laughs) 
right. you know and and did you feel right. like you you could play in front of people what you know after how many no. years were were you confident enough to to say hey let me take this guitar to an open mic and see what happens probably uh 6 or 7 uh, that's a lot of years okay and you're yeah. building your confidence <laughs> up this is going back to you saying that that you were kind of shy and introverted and didn't mm-hmm. know if if you could be up on stage but you had been up on stage before as part of an ensemble at least in the in the theater uh, you know, the, yes, but mm-hmm. the, the the difference I will tell you, Dan. The difference yes. is that when I was upstage on the theater, I was always another character. It was very easy to be somebody other than myself. And I think when I got to be, it was just me with my guitar. It was really me, whether I was singing somebody else's song or my song. I wasn't another character, so. I find that's probably why that's probably why the transition might have been um I mean I knew that's what I loved and what I wanted to do but it it just it wasn't exactly the same they're they're, they're quite different That's very telling of you Abby K cuz there there are a few music, musicians that have revealed over the years that the the character the 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 person they portray on stage is in fact a character uh, Elvis Costello this for for one thing and David Bowie for another yeah. and and even Madonna oh, that you mentioned before she becomes a different yeah. character uh you know over the years but who knows who they really are but you when you That's get up on stage true. you feel that that you are portraying yourself and putting yourself yeah. out there for others to hear that's Correct. very telling. <laughs> that's and it's beautiful. Correct. It is beautiful, and well, thank it, you. And it's got to be heart wrenching for someone who's introverted and shy for the most part. Oh my goodness! All these people, I'm putting this thing out there, and please love me, please. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It's easier for me to perform to strangers than it is people i know i believe that to be true i believe it (laughs) oh my goodness if i'm playing at a party and my family's there oh it's it it is it's (laughs) nerve-wracking i could play for strangers all the time yes yeah so okay all right so uh so the first time you get on stage what 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 was that how did that feel and where what was the situation and and what song did you play I was um, uh, it was such a fun time. I I literally at the at the music school in Old Town. They had a class called Open Mic, and the whole class was preparing a song to be able to get up at an open mic. That was the entire class. They taught they taught you how to hook up the the sound, you know the speakers and the sound system to the mix board and your guitar and test it and the mic, and the vocals, and I learned, I think it was four weeks long, it was about four weeks, and I learned, um, the song I learned, the first song I ever played it with my guitar, and I sang and played at the same time, which was so hard uh-huh. at the time. Um, let's see, it was, it was a Travis song, and it was called Flowers in the Window, and it's a beautiful, sweet wonderful song that i recommend you play that on friday as well yes, um, ma'am. but that was my first that was my first 
that was my first open mic song. And the class ended, and what we had to do, we had to go to the open mic, you know. We couldn't just, like, play for the class, for the five of us. Like, we had to go to the open mic that my teacher ran. So we... We I, we went. I was so nervous. I'm like, I can feel how nervous I was just thinking about this. And I I just, all, you know, I, I all I wanted was like a glass of wine or, or something to, to just take it away. But I didn't because I can't perform when I've had alcohol in my system. So um, I got up and I did it. And I'm not sure I even remembered if I did it, but I did it. And... I was in a very supportive environment where the teacher did this with his class. So everybody cheered and um, (laughs) it was was just a a great first, you know, you know, your maiden, your maiden voyage, right? Your maiden run. Oh yeah. And you got that out of the way and now the rest is cream cheese, right? right? Kind of, (laughs) you know, there's good moments and there's bad moments and, and you know, it's, it's not always perfect, but um, yeah, I can't explain it. Like once you got that over and I kept doing it. The other thing I did do is I continued to push myself. So I learned new songs and I learned, you know, memorizing them and, and they, and they weren't my songs for many years. I just learned covers. And uh, so what were you go to? How, how many did you have in your pocket? Oh, at any given time, I probably had four or five. Uh, learn new ones and then forget the other ones. And um, oh, okay, so you weren't adding to your arsenal. You were you, you, you were sp- adding, expending no. expending those uh, those bullets and then uh, you know picking up some uh, right. a new a new pack. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it, it, it was not a great skill. Like I'm not great. I'm not great at that. So, like, today, if you asked me to play songs from my first record, like, I would really not be able to do it on the spot because I don't play them frequently. Oh, so, but I wanted to hear Endless and Ceasefire. And- well, oh, good, because I am relearning those because I'm, <laughs> I'm going on tour uh, in January and I'm going to be playing a few from all of my records. So, oh, um, excellent. I, Yes. I mean, I'll be able to learn them again, but it is funny when you're, when you concentrate, you know, on 12 songs that you've been writing and playing for two years, like the, the thought of anything else just doesn't, I'm like, what? I have... so, um, but now that, now that it's out in release, um, I'm kind of, kind of bringing back the best of, and I love that you said endless because that's probably my favorite song on that record. Oh, you're the coolest. Yeah. I, of course, I stalked your YouTube and in preparation for this, I, I wanted to hear Thank who you. I was talking to. And, and you've got some chops, girl. So, uh, yes, uh, allow me to butter your bread a little bit. Yes, you're good. Oh, you're good, you. I tell you. Uh, so Abby I Kay, uh, I, I know we're going, we're kind of going all over the place a little bit, but but we are getting your thoughts on certain things and, and ideas and, and how you came to be the Abby K that you are today. Now, so you're in Chicago and you're married and, and you've, you're taking these music lessons after six years, you get on an open mic in front of your class. And are you, how, how many songs did you know at that point uh, that you were able to, uh, 
uh, what was the next thing that you did you just immediately go find the nearest open mic and say i'm gonna play in front of these 20 30 people yeah i would go to i probably went back to that that open mic for a year or two because it was comfortable and i was you know it was a supportive environment um and then i moved you know like there really wasn't, that's not true. I hit other ones. I met other people outside of, you know, in time. And, I could, you know, I'd play two or three songs at a time. and that. But that's when I started in there. After a few years, that's when I really said, you know, this is boring. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't want to learn someone else's song. That's when yeah. I started wanting to, that's when I wanted to start writing my own. Well, and, Chicago, uh, from what I understand, is a big music town. I, I haven't spent much time north of the Mason-Dixon, but, you know, okay. uh, it, but <laughs> I, I'd love to go to Chicago because, you know, yeah. just for the blues it's and, and for the the flavors in, in that town, uh, did you get did you get any, to hit any of the blues bars? Did any of that influence you at all? Or you you were primarily in, in your school? Yeah, I was primarily in the folk. I, I would just call it the folk scene. Um, I was not a blues player because I can't really play the blues okay. very well. Um, but I love, I loved it. I mean, it, you're right. Chicago is a, a killer music town. I mean, there's yeah, I suspect killer. Everybody who's anybody goes through Chicago. So the amount of music in 20 years of living there that I digested and was able to, you know see and get it get a chance to to hear and be a part of in any way was really 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 nice and a really a really big foundation of my of you know all that music that I took in as I kind of started writing um and I'm sure my perspective changed a lot when I started writing and when I went to go see musicians that I, I just, you know, I loved and I, you know, couldn't believe I was get, about to see them live. Um, oh, give me a, give me know. an idea of who, cause I mean, you, you got to experience the music, uh, uh the music of the music town, Chicago, uh, who, who yeah. were you seeing that were inspiring you at this point, Abby Kay? Um, lots of bands. Um, Let's see. Uh, what's that band called? Oh, Rogue Wave. You ever heard of Rogue Wave? No, I'm. I'm probably learning more about music. Uh, you know, I've been a DJ since <laughs> 1986, but I'm. I'm learning about the, all these different bands, and yeah, I'm going to play a little bit of them on uh, on Friday night, and the people are going to be going. Yeah, what well, is he playing over there? That's that's new. That's <laughs> different. Uh, yeah, no, Rogue Wave um, is an example of the. You know, I would say most of this music now is, you know, in the 2002 range to 2006 range. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, I think it was called, what's the song called? Something, well, Lake Michigan, of course, because <laughs> Chicago's on Lake Michigan. So uh, the song Lake Michigan, but that that's just one of their songs. But bands like Rogue Wave and... Um, some people say Ockerville River, but I say Okerville River. Um, Wilco, as I've already mentioned, um, who I've seen 
I mean, really, so many. I don't even know how many. I've <laughs> lost count. And it, She's a and fan. Every time that, <laughs> and every time Jeff Tweedy or Wilco or his and his son's band come here, I'm you know I'll see them out here too. Um, I'm a real Wilco fan. I will travel to see Wilco. Uh, I think so, it's been oh, established that uh, Abby Kay is a Wilco fan. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, you know, like Emmy Lou, I would see people like Emmy Lou Harris and Iris Dement and John Prine and all all those types of musicians would come to come to Chicago and most of a lot of those I would see were at the old town school. They, they had concerts as well. So I saw them in, um, yeah, I saw them in really intimate, beautiful venue, like a beautiful venue, not one where I was always standing with 10,000 other people. How many seats at the old um, town school theater? What did you say? How many seats? Oh, um, I'd probably say 200. That's a great thing. You got to be very intimate with these bands and they came through that school. Had any of them trained in that school? What, what brought them there? How, How did they get booked at that place? Probably because it's a, you know, it's very well known. Um, Woody Guthrie kind of that his, he kind of founded the school. Um, uh, so it's all based on Woody Guthrie and his whole scene back in, I guess, the 50s. Um, I, I don't remember the exact history anymore about it, but um, it was just like, a, it was just, a, I can't think of the right name, the right word I'm trying to use. It was, it was a, it was an era. It was a, it was a period of time where the folk, the folk music, you know, you know, the Bob Dylan, you know, years, the early years, um, that, that whole genre was just had taken off and Joni Mitchell and that whole scene. And that's kind of what, what the folk school, the old town is about. Excellent. So I think, yeah. So I think all of those, those those people, those types of, those genres, they would they would play there in a heartbeat, and it was always magical, magical. Abby Kay, I'm going to encourage all the rate uh, the What Makes You Famous podcast listeners when they're on their walking tour to make sure that they step towards the uh, folk. The the now I'm going to let you say the name of the school. Say it. Yes, it's the Old Town School of Folk. Old Town Scootle Folk in Chicago, Illinois. Get there, see a show, go mm-hmm. uh, go learn the guitar. All right, so you're you're in Chicago and and you're learning guitar and and you're doing other things. Or I guess you're you're selling some real estate, uh, getting people into houses. Uh, how did you? What made you want to go to Seattle? Um, you know, not uh, well. I never wanted to. Okay. <laughs> I I. I had I had no plans of ever leaving Chicago, and I said that for many many years. And I don't know. One day, one day, um, a job opportunity uh, became available uh, for for my husband, and he's like, "Well, what do you think of Seattle?" 
And I was like, well, I don't. I don't think of Seattle. <laughs> okay, I'm seeing this conversation on, on movies. Uh, I think there was a, a movie with Richard Pryor called Moving, and he was talking about, hey, what do you think of Idaho? Oh, Idaho. Did you know that they have potatoes? Yeah, Idaho. You know, and he was trying to convince his family to go there without convincing them. So, what did he say about about Seattle? You know, what what were the selling points of Seattle to to make Abby Kay enthusiastic about heading that way? It's hilarious because there weren't a whole lot needed, and I think that was one of those times in your life where you don't shut a door and you just go through it and see what happens. And, um, I went to visit Seattle and I loved it. I, I, there was just not one thing about the city that I didn't, you know, maybe I was wearing rose colored glasses at the time because <laughs> I had been in Chicago for so long, but, um, I, you know, it was a big move and, you know, we moved very far from family and, um, it was an adventure, and I, I think that's how I looked. That's how I looked at it. I said, you know, this is an adventure. Let's try it. I, if worse comes to worse, I guess we can move back. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a failure if we we try it for a little bit and don't like it or doesn't work out. Um, so we kind of, I don't know, I went into it with that attitude. And I... I don't look back, not even for a minute, and not because I don't love Chicago and half of my life. It's just it was time to it was time to to go through a new door and see a whole new different type of town with music. I mean, the music in Seattle, I mean, it's you know it's it's as strong as Chicago, and it's not nearly the size of the city. So. Um, it's different. You know, it's, it's different. There's so many songwriters. I live in a town where I feel like every other person I know is a songwriter. (laughs) As opposed to DC (laughs) where every person was in politics. I get it. Exactly. So it sounds like, you you know, you, you were a good wife. Uh, your husband had an opportunity. You're a good partner and you, you followed him and everything went, it's going well. Yeah, I mean it's had its ups and downs, but you know, life is life is like that. So, but we're, we've stuck it out, and uh, yes. we really we really like Seattle. So that's the good news, and it's Excellent. been a it's been a po- overall it's been a really positive experience. Sure. So you've, I mean, you've already given uh, Chicago's uh, tourist board uh, a shot in the arm. Uh, tell oh, me about oh, oh. tell me about Seattle. What are the likes? Oh my gosh, what are just, the first things you? You, just, you don't even realize. You don't even realize you just named my favorite Wilco song when you said that. Well, <laughs> well what was the it's favorite? The shot in the arm. The shot in the arm. Called the shot. In the arm. See, we're we're like this. We're already mind melding. You're all the way out there in, in Seattle, uh, <laughs> and, and here I am in Conway, Arkansas. And we're chatting That's awesome. on the What Makes You Famous <laughs> podcast. You know, like you can do uh, real estate from anywhere. I can podcast from anywhere. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've never been to Arkansas, ever. Ever. Well, I've never been to nope. Chicago, and I've never been to Seattle. But 
that should change. I got to get on the walking tour, the what makes you famous yeah. walking tour. So when you got to yeah. C- Seattle, you, you get your house. I guess you had to sell the house in in Chicago, but you had those skills. You're able to sell things, yeah. sell houses and yeah. buy houses. So yeah. you sold the house in Chicago. You get to Seattle. What's the first thing you do? First thing I did was, um, it, well, let's just say for eight months, it took me about eight months to um, acclimate and come up. Like, I don't remember a lot of the first six to seven months that I lived here. Not because they were bad, but because it was very overwhelming. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a job at the time. I wasn't going to go back to work right away because the kids were young and we didn't have any, you know, family here. So, um, yeah, like walking to the store and finding the grocery and all of that stuff, it just it took a lot out of me. And, you know, I would say seven or eight months later, I finally looked at my guitar case. That little guitar hadn't been out of it Ooh. since I had moved. <laughs> That's the only time, it's the only period of time that I didn't really do anything um, with my guitar. But that's okay, because I, I got out, and I found, I found my, new, my new home, and I spent years playing every week at an open mic and um, recording a couple of uh, my first two records. That's how I met people to be able to do that. Very cool. And, so let's get into yeah, your songwriting. Just, what what was the what started that? How did that come about? Was that when you got to Seattle, or had you been writing songs in Chicago? Oh yeah, I had been writing already for a few years when we moved out here. Um, I just hadn't recorded and put anything down and gotten it out. But um, what did I? I don't know what it is about songwriting. Um, Songwriting, well, I do know what it's about. Songwriting is is a way that I I can see a situation or I can see the world or I can feel how I'm feeling and I can make it beautiful. I can put it in a concrete example. I can express it in a way that a listener can digest it and it's not always, you know, clear. I mean, I'm a pretty clear writer, but the way I tend to write uh, can kind of affect a person or, or register and resonate with another with a listener in their context. It's not like I'm a traditional folk singer where I'm telling them the story. So I find that my music resonates with people because if it's something that they've gone through or that they have experienced in their way, they, they feel it and it, it, and it hits them. So um, I think that is what, what it is specifically about songwriting that I, as the artist, I can do that. I can take it and I can process it and then I can write about it and I can, it's like therapy. You know, some of my songs are very therapeutic and um, they're concepts and situations that, you know, were really upsetting or um, I had to work through and then it out comes a song. So that's really what songwriting is about for me. And um, I love it. 
So, Abby Kay, as you're writing the songs, are you thinking of the melody or are you writing the words like a poem and then putting a melody Mm -hmm. to them? I've done it both ways. Um, I used to initially always write lyrics first. I'm I'm definitely lyric-driven. So it seems like the most obvious to me to start with lyrics, but... For my second record, Heart Shape Rock, I the my the, my producer and um, I co-wrote some of the songs with him on that record. He oh, you can shout him out. I, I want you to give no. full credit. Oh yeah, um, Brian Marshall. My uh, he pro- yes, Brian Marshall produced my first and second record, and um, we sang together for a number of years. And we've we've co-written a number of songs together. He's a wonderful songwriter and a musician in his own right. Um, and but he he does it the other way. He's like, no, it always starts with melody. And we've had endless debates about this concept. So okay, well, I was open to it. So I intentionally wrote songs all based on melody. All that whole record is all melody first. Um, so I appreciate that. And I love that. But it's really funny because I think I gravitate towards lyrics. Um, but I do it both ways. It depends on the mood. It depends on what I'm doing. It depends on, am I, did I all of a sudden have this, like, you know, I start singing in the car or something and I'll, I'll quickly, you know, get my little record, my phone and I'll re- try and record it so I can just have it. Cause I won't remember it. I won't, if it's, and that's usually a, a, a sign. If you don't remember it, then I don't know if it's worth it. So if I don't get it, I always tell myself that it wasn't meant to be because it didn't stick. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my process. Uh, I, I definitely, though, am very, um, you know, I'm a lyric snob. I hate to say that, but <laughs> I, I kind of am. A, I, I kind they're very important to me, and and it's not that I'm listening for every lyric when I hear a new song right away. Um, but it's important to me. It's important that the song says, speaks to me. And and, it, and sometimes songs can speak to me melodically, just by itself. Well, Abby um, Kay, I mean, you're, yeah. you're a, a, a singer-songwriter, and you're in the folk genre. Would you call yourself a folk singer? I, 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 but for the most part, folk yeah. singers do tell a story and they are lyric driven. And I, you know, yes, you were talking about uh, Guthrie and, and Bob Dylan and, you know, the, the, and even the Crosby stills Nash or who, who was it you were talking Mm -hmm. about that, that took you to a, uh, was it that show that you, that you, they took you to or. Oh yeah. Some parent took me to Crosby. Right. I mean, these are (laughs) are very lyric driven, very story. These are storytellers. In fact, I think on VH1, they were the storytellers. There was a show and I appreciated that show. These are people that, these are songwriters that, that had feeling and some, you know, Hey, you know, and I, I, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm 50. Uh, these kids today with their songs that they're mumbling through and, and and maybe they're, they're repeating the same (laughs) thing over and over again. It's the same three lyrics thing. (laughs) I, 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 
but then uh, they yeah, could argue that that they were doing that back in the fifties, you know, uh, know. saying the, the same Beatles. thing over again, exactly yeah. with the rock and roll yeah. and uh, but uh, story driven. A folk singer yes. tells a story. You are your literature come to you know put to music, and that's amazing. So you didn't start laying down tracks until. 2014 was that the bear your soul album and where did that get recorded that was recorded at um at uh brian's studio um brian marshall it's called cobra studios it's in west seattle how did you get in touch with him how did you get uh, hooked up with him yeah i met him at the open mic that i discovered and we became friends and i and yeah, and I was like, I'm looking for somebody to finish my record, which was pretty much the whole record because I hadn't gotten very far right. before I moved. And what was and, the experience uh, put, putting down one record or putting down your your creation on on tape? Uh, you know, I guess it's not tape anymore, on computer. <laughs> well, how was the yeah, experience? Yeah, no, it's, it was bizarre. I mean, it, <laughs> it's like nothing, it's nothing like performing live nothing um so it took a while and and there were positive sessions and negative sessions and lots of things to do you know lots of retakes and but i learned i learned so much about the process and um and then two years after that we did it again and um did it even better you know i think the the just the the process was easier i knew more um, and I was even, you know, I was a stronger songwriter. Um, it's, it, it just, it's, it's such a, it's such a growth. It was a, it was a huge growth experience from 12 to, to four, uh, 12 to 16. Well, um, Abby Kay, for me. You, okay. A lot of people that do their first album and, you know, thankfully, you know, it, you know, for some reason that becomes a hit. They've had their whole lives to make that first album and then, you know, one or two years to, hey, follow it up with something better. And you say that yeah. it was better because you knew the process yeah. better and you jibe better with your producer. And and what what yeah. made it what made it that much easier that you just knew more? I knew more. And then I had all of these new experiences to write about. Um, I had lived in Seattle for, you know, four, you know, by the time I was recording number two, I had lived here for two to three years. So all the songs I was writing, they were, they were influenced by Seattle. Um, My, you know, my Alki, um, a lot, most of the songs were Seattle. They, they wouldn't have been written if I hadn't been in Seattle. So you would say um, that your album with you in mind was, is a love letter to Seattle. Who, who was it yeah. that you had in mind? <laughs> with you, with that song with you in mind. Yes. Uh, oh, I don't know if it was anyone in particular per se. Um, it's funny. I started writing that song. I, I was on an airplane. I was, I was flying back to Chicago actually. Um, and, I think the the I think I heard somebody say that phrase, and I was like, "What a great, what a great phrase!" You know, with you in mind. Um, so I had to come up with something cool. Um, so of course it was going to be a 
you know, overly, you know, I, I, it's easiest to put, to put those types of things into, into relationship stories. Um, so that's my, that's my, my homage to, uh, to Linda Ronstadt and all my great, there's a couple of songs on there that I, I have a lot of kind of, you know, all country feel to it. Um, but a lot of it, a lot, there were, there were quite a few of those on that record, I believe. I like that, um, Abby Kay. That's cool. You took it back yeah, to the, took, took it back to your childhood on that one. I did. I did. I did a lot of, of soul searching, um, being in a new city, um, going back to my roots. I, I don't, I, I just, it was, maybe it was because I was in somewhere, a place very unfamiliar, but that it felt very much like home. Um, and it, I, I, yeah, my, my heart grew bigger for, for, for where I grew up. Well, just like uh, a child, you had all new experiences. So you were growing yeah. up all over again. And you said something yeah. about your heart, and that was your next record, Heart Shaped Brock. Yep. How did that Brock. How I, did that come about? I started collecting heart shaped rocks on on a beach um, that I would go camping at once a year, and um, they, it just became like this, you know, one of those pastimes. And I'd be walking anywhere, and I can I could see a heart and and just about anything. And I'm like, Oh, there's a heart. <laughs> there's a heart. And it was just, it was kind of funny how many things look like hearts when you're paying attention. Oh, yeah. Um, but heart shaped, yeah. Heart shaped rock, um, was a really, the, the song, I actually co-wrote that with Brian. Um, and we were, um, I, the song was about almost finding yourself. And I think that was um, that was a song about finding finding who you were and um, kind of waking up. And I think that song and Heart Shaped Rock in general was really the the crux of of Abby Abby finding and being very very aware of of who I am and the kind of artist I wanted to be. All right, Abby Kate. Now, once you put these records out, each one uh, from Barrier Soul to With You in Mind to Heart Shaped Rock, and now the latest one, the the whole truth. Did you tour after after making all these songs? Did you put them out to the public and and go play them in front of people? No, I didn't. Oh. I did not. I pl- I would play locally, um, but I never got on the road until uh, my first tour was last January. Before I put, uh, before I recorded uh, the whole truth. Well, I, I say tour. Um, you know, tour- touring is, you know, for a musician, especially a musician with children uh, or a family mm-hmm. of any kind, to to be a touring musician, you have to give up so much. And one of the main so things is is a family. So. I, yeah. I didn't imagine that you'd be touring across the country. Have you no, say you you've, you've no. done that, or you, you know even touring no. around your city or around your state? That you know that's that's another thing in itself. Is that yeah. something that you've done? So, yeah, so that I did do. I, I toured around the state after um, releasing Heart Shaped Rock um, for uh, during a summer. Um, I didn't do it for we didn't do it for very long, but we had about a. We had about a 10-day tour. Uh, it went in lots of places in Washington, 
um, down to Portland. I think that's as far south as we got. You say um, you say we. Who's we? Oh, I I toured with uh, the, the the gentleman Brian, who my producer, who I sang with as well. He's the male voice on the record. Cool. And then his duo, he has his own duo. And then um, another third, so three musicians, three acts. We all were friends, and we all just hit the road together. Excellent. So we had a bill wherever we went. Yeah, you, you get in the fun. van, or or you all drive by yourself, or was it a tour van? It wasn't a big van. It was. It was. I think it was. Uh, you know, an SUV with a thing on top of it that we shoved all of our instruments. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <Our clothes. laughs> any uh any tour tour stories did you get on each other's nerves or was it pretty cool for the most part no it was pretty cool um yeah i wasn't i don't remember being too annoyed uh it you know touring i i haven't experienced well last january i did it's tiring you know it's, it's <laughs> believe it's, it's, it it's a really, really, it's not glamorous. So anyone who thinks it is, I'll tell you now, it's not. <laughs> oh no, you get all glamorous. gussied up to get on stage, but uh, the, the 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 roadie stuff where you have to put all your stuff on stage and uh, take it, tear it all down, especially after you've done a three or four hour show, and uh, now I got to tear all this stuff down, put it back into the SUV, and get to the next town. All right it's it's not glamorous um and it's but it's but it's it's a good experience and last in january so that i did with friends and then last year i did it with strangers if you can believe it i i joined the tour um kind of a more uh, more of a, a listening room you know where where i go into very quiet intimate rooms and and play um and i loved it and I'm like, okay, this is the way, if I'm going to tour, this is the way I'm going to do it. So and what does so, the family think about you touring around? Oh, well, <laughs> they accept it. They, they're learning. <laughs> it's what you want to <laughs> do. They support you. That's good. I, I, I can tell. It's a, yeah. It's like, uh, well, yeah, if that's what you want to do. <laughs> you know, I don't go for long. Um, and I always good. come back. That's the that's the promise I give them. <laughs> well, so, that's good. But you, you know, as the as the kids are getting older, I have a junior, so you know, I have an eighth grader and a junior, so you know, it's getting easier. Let me just yeah. put it that way. Yeah. It's, uh, and I I think you know I think the touring thing is going to be um, if I if I build if I keep doing what I'm doing. Um, you know, slow and steady wins the race, right? Yes. So if I if I keep plugging away and and putting my seeds out there, I think you know by the time by the time I'm you know my my kids have flown the nest, I I'll have places I can go and I can sing to and I can travel and I'll drag my husband along with me eventually <laughs> well it sounds like you got a good home situation there does the hubby still have the same <laughs> yeah, job do. that I'm brought very... you out there but he does not he's oh, had multiple okay. jobs all right yeah. well hey <laughs> yeah. hey at least you get out there it, 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 he was the initial reason that you got out there but you're out there Correct. and it seems like you got Correct. the mu good music scene you've met some good people out there and now the kids are into music they do. They're they're uh, they play classic. You know, they play in their school 
um, orchestras. Um, they're not into songwriting at the moment. Okay. But, um, and they do not like the guitar, probably because I play it. But, um, <laughs> Whatever mom's doing, <laughs> let's rebel against it. <laughs> right. I have a vi- I have a violinist and viola player. Sweet. And a piano and a, up, a, a, an upright bass player. Too cool. So, yeah. Piano yeah. will take you anywhere. And, oh. Well, you had a bass and a violin. That hey, you, it sounds like you're okay. You've produced your own band. I get it. I, I get know, what you're doing. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, Abby Kay. So, with the whole truth that that just came out, and how did that come about? And and what do you, uh, you're planning on taking a tour on that one? Yeah, I'm uh, in January. I'm gonna go out for about um, ten days to ca- uh, Central uh, California and uh, Northern California. Hopefully, I'm still working that the details out. But um, yeah, that project was a complete 180 um, from my first two, which you know is always exciting. Um, I, you know, it was just time to to make a change and and do something different and. Um, I'd say, oh, how did it come about? You know, I'd say that my 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 uh, producer Brian, you know, he, he just kind of he had too much on his plate, so we kind of stopped doing our duo, and I just kind of found myself as a solo art, like a complete solo artist again, and I was like, oh great, like what am I going to do? And, how am I going to do this? And how am I going to find somebody else? And, you know, you, you go through a period of self doubt when you, when you've kind of leaned on somebody for a while. So we, um, um, so I just, you know, I did my thing. I wrote a, a ton and I sang my songs and, um, I just got to a point where, you know, I played with a, a couple of people. I tried to find something and there was just no connection. You know, there was, it's not like you can put an ad in a paper <laughs> and say, musical soulmate, where are you? Please come find me. Um, I find that I haven't really had many of those. I mean, my, my, my producer and my, my friend, I mean, he's a dear friend of mine still, um, you know, we had that kind of musical connection that you have to have in order for it to, to, to be worth worthwhile. So there was no replacement for that. And maybe there never will be. I don't know. Um, it's, I'd never say never, but until I find that, um, I have me. So I kind of figured that out and I decided I was working I was preparing for the record, uh, the recording, and in the in the prep in the preparation process, um, I found a new producer. I found a different producer, and I um, came up with this concept. Um, it just about the, the the whole record. What I love about it is the entire record is a hundred percent female created. Okay. Um, a hundred percent from the production to the engineering, to the artist, to the, the, to the band, to the players, to the mastering, uh, to the marketing. Um, every ounce of this project was a hundred percent female driven. 
And was that something that was important guess, to you? Yeah, yeah. I guess in the last couple of years, you know, I've just really, you know, the, the whole Me Too movement was really big a couple of years ago. And just women were, were speaking up. And I was so happy about that. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't with intent to discriminate against men um, at, at, at any cost because I love men and I've had nothing but positive music relationships with, with, with men. Um, but, the, but the amount of talent, the female women talent alone in Seattle, I, I mean, I can, it, it's, it, it's unbelievable that all I had to do, I found a, I found um, a group, a, a group on uh, Facebook called Women in Music, Excellent. and it just opened the door to like unlimited talent, unlimited. I I, I posted on there. I need somebody who can play the Ulian pipe. I mean, have you ever even heard of that instrument? No. <laughs> right. So kind of sounds like it's related to, it sounds like a bagpipe, but it's a little lighter. It's a little softer. Um, uh, but taking like, you back know, to I'm your like, uh, need, Scottish thing. Yes, exactly. I said, I need an Ulean, a female, Wait, not even just a player. I need a female Ulean player. In the Seattle what? area? I found one, the only one, I think in all of Washington. Excellent. <laughs> so... I'm just saying, like it was like just this a built this 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 way I could I could I could just promote and showcase females in this town and female musicians at that. You know, the town in Seattle, the grunge town where Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, all those bands are just so male. That's what you think of when you think of Seattle. So yes. I just. I just wanted to do it, and um, and it wasn't hard to do. It it just became very a very easy notion for me, and um, it was really cool to have female perspectives in in my music as opposed to male, which is all I've really that's, that's all I had really had and known. And it is different. It's not worse or better. It's just. It's just different. And, I can hear uh, the excitement in your voice, Abby Kay, when yeah. you talk about this latest project. <laughs> yeah. I'm so stoked yeah. for you. And you say it's Thank it. You. you know the experience working with these fine ladies were was better or was was a, a good experience for you. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy about that. That's you know that's great. And and you know I'm I'm glad that that most or all of your experiences in the music business thus far have been positive ones and i know that uh not every lady has had that in, in their time which is the whole me right. too movement and and yes believe women and all that for sure i mean yeah. I, I know the music business has its dark side and i'm glad that you yeah. you know from what you said you you haven't had to experience that or have you um i mean i've experienced kind of you know scuzzy situations sure you know i mean not everybody is not everybody's um you know hands are clean all the time but um you know for the most part i i i've you know maybe that's why i'm not i haven't gone as far as i maybe would 
hope to have gone. Who knows? Because I, I kind of shy away from uncomfortableness, which isn't always good. But um, <laughs> you know, like I try to, I try to avoid, I try to avoid situations where it doesn't make me feel good because then I'm going to associate it to what I love to do, and then I'm not going to want to do it. That is correct. And it's you know yeah. it sounds like you have other other things that you can fall back on until the music gets on track and it sounds like it's on track. So are you going to be touring uh, on a, in an all female tour in January? Is that what you're you're uh, ramping no, up to? I'm, or? I, well, yes, all female, but just me. It's just a solo tour. Solo so, tour. Um, you got the whole yeah. show on your own. This is <laughs> wow. You went from that uh, that little shy introverted uh gal from from Kentucky to hey, you're the headliner, baby. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, you are going to succeed. I see nothing but great well, things for you. you. Now, there was it's one so song. Nice. Oh, there was one song that I, I listened to uh, called "My Perfect Situation," and I I was listening to it. I'm going, man. There's a lot of clarinets in here. It sounds like a klezmer band. Is there a Jewish? Yeah. Uh, was there a Jewish uh, a feel to it? it? That's what it felt like. I've done a lot of bar mitzvahs oh, yeah. and and parties and such. It, oh yeah, definitely. It's very. Cl- I mean, that was definitely the feel I wanted to have. Absolutely, I. That that klezmer clarinet, um, oh, I loved that clarinet. Oh, and it was so, I'll I'll never forget. I'm like, we need the clarinet in here, and, and Brian was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> because it was intense. So it brought it brought. What made this, you do that? Was um, there a background to it? Um. Oh, well, it was just. It was, God, I'm just trying to think of the song. I mean, I know what the song was about. Um, are, are you Jewish or do you know any Jewish people? Yes, I am Jewish. Oh, well, fantastic. That's, that's what I was getting at. I, I, my, my grandfather okay. was Jewish. I, I never, didn't know what you... No, I oh, never got bar mitzvahed, but now. I was wondering yeah. about that. Okay. You know, okay. Oh, really? Well, that's good. So that that, that brings up, that brings back that, that, that piece of me. Good. I'm glad that came through. Well, cool. I, I don't know if that was the in, I don't know if that was the intent, but um, I definitely love klezmer music. Yes. Oh man, you know when you when, like like I said when I heard it, I went, oh man, you make me feel like I, well, I'm I'm from South Florida and I, I haven't done a bar mitzvah since since I left West Palm Beach, since I left Miami, oh, since oh, I left the Florida funny. Keys, and uh, but <laughs> I, I do appreciate that music so much, you know. But uh, that's cool. But yeah, I I, I you know I I. I, I never, I never got bar mitzvah. I'm, I, I guess I, I it, by blood, I'd be a quarter Jewish. <laughs> but uh, okay. did you grow up very religious or no? No, I did not grow up religious. But I, I, you know, I grew up, you know, I was raised Jewish. So um, I, I, I don't know if I'm. Um, much of a religious person per se but okay I'm, I'm <laughs> you know I, I was catholic I, now i'm american you know you grow up <laughs> yeah i mean but i'm very but i'm very i'm very connected to judaism and i'm okay. very spiritually connected and i think it's more of um you know your the cultures and the traditions um that are what speak to me about it as opposed to saying you know you know 
I, I, religion's complicated. It's a very complicated topic. So. Understood. Understood. <laughs> and I don't want to offend any listeners out there by by you know saying the wrong thing. Oh, I'm, I'm open to everything, <laughs> and no, I, hope, just, I hope my I listeners are too. <laughs> no, exactly. And I and I respect all. Re- I, I respect those that that you know believe in things that are different from me and believe in 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 God and believe in anything that they want to believe in. I'm, I'm very respectful of that. So, um, you know, it's just, I think, I think it's a, it's yeah, but that is my background and, and I am. And, um, you well, know, cool, I, Abby Kay. Very, I just heard yeah, that song yeah, and yeah. I was like, I, this is great. This is, you know, it, it just gave me that, that feel. So it definitely came cool. through in that song. And I, I'm not sure if it's come through on any other songs, uh, but, but the, the whole clarinet, I mean, that just had, I, I, I wanted to go dance the horror. I, I, I was ready. That's so funny. I love that. That's terrific. <laughs> and, and you better believe the next function that I have that, that involves any Jews is going to have that song in it. <laughs> what a compliment. Oh, I'm whipping it out. <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i guess i mean i've taken a lot of your time uh, abby k uh, any uh tell the people how to connect with you social wise or how how you want them to get a hold of you sure well i would love it my 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 always my first suggestion is to go to my website and sign up because i tweet and i insta and i Facebook as much as I humanly can. Um, but the best way to like, just, you know, keep in touch. And what I mean by keep in touch when you sign up and give me your email is that I really only share my news when there's news to share. So you, it's not like I'm going to be spamming and asking you for a hundred thousand things. So, um, that's probably the, the best way to, to keep up with me, you know, on a, probably quarterly basis um, at my website, Abby, A-B-B-Y-K-Music.com. Um, and abbykmusic.com is all over the social medias. If you want to hear me on a more regular basis, you know, definitely follow me and you'll, you'll, you'll get that too. Well, it's a very good website. It, it tells you uh, that, th- that you stay very active all around the, the Seattle area and the Washington area. And then as, as soon as you go down to the bottom, you'll see all your social links, including your CD baby, yeah. uh, you know, and, and yeah. the, uh, there's places and the Spotify. So yes, there's places to, to listen to your music. Uh, somebody needs to put a YouTube link down there. So, so you can get to the YouTube. Oh, Oh, there's I, no YouTube there. Not on the bottom, but there is a YouTube video linked up on your on your abbykmusic.com. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. it's been such a pleasure listening to your story and and listening to how to how you became who you are. And I'm so glad that you got back into your music and and you're heading in the right direction. Are there any any last words that you want to give to the people or any other any other other thoughts? Um, well, one, I want to thank you for this amazing opportunity. It's, it's been just, it's so humbling when I have these opportunities, which are not very frequent. So thank you for reaching out and making this happen. Um, thank you for supporting artists and independent music. That's the second and most important, because if it weren't for people like you, 
um, we wouldn't have anyone to talk to other than, you know, Spotify and our music. So really, it's, 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 I'm very appreciative. Um, and to those listening, give me a chance. Um, I've, I've, I've heard many different things about my music and my voice, but I would love your feedback and anything you have to share, um, where you live, where you want me to come tour eventually. And, um, yeah, just give, give me a spin, please. Well, there you have it. Party people, Abby K. You've heard the music, and if you haven't heard the music, you need to turn this off right now and go listen to it. Okay. Are you back? All right. Now you've heard the music, and now you've heard a little bit of the story of how that came to be. Thank you, Abby Kay, for giving me a little bit of time, giving our listeners a little bit of time, and sharing your story with us. Sounds like you grew up in Kentucky, and you got to, to, well, you got to D.C., then you got to Chicago, then you went to Seattle, and music, 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 music. <laughs> Thank you so much, Abby Kay, for being on the program and telling your story. Whew, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. If you'd like to tell your story, give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at radiowhat.com. <laughs> All right, that's it for me. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want with some great, great quotes. The average man who does not know what to do with his life wants another one which will last forever. Anatole France. The music you want, RadioWhat.com. Be on Radio What. Call 501-470-6386. Say your name, where you're from, and you're listening to what? The music you want is on RadioWhat.com.